Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys in a Mic. I am one of your hosts, RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. Um, how's it going, RP? It's going good, man. Glad to have you back on. Uh, yes, sir. It's good to be back. Radio on the show, however. Right. I wish it was under better circumstances, which we had, you know, a, a better, uh, more jolly topic to talk about. But it is what it is. Good to be back chopping it up. So if, you know, you are, you, you are a teacher, so you should be happy to give grades and, and you know, tell people about how good or bad they did for the season. Uh, you should be ready for that kind of stuff. <laughs> a red marker no, out. No, it's never. I, I like giving out good news. I don't like giving out bad news. And when we give out the grades today for the Cleveland Browns, it would be bad news. Pretty good. Yeah, as, if you couldn't tell, uh, my background should have told you all everything because we are all at home with Baker Mayfield. Uh, exactly. Start, starting this week. Actually, it's, actually, it's been probably for the last two weeks we kind of saw it coming, but it's official now. Playoffs start uh, Thursday or is it Saturday? Saturday. It's Saturday. Okay. I, I knew it was something weird. <laughs> Monday night game, no, next week. I knew it was something. something which, was is, which is weird in itself, them doing a Monday night game. So I know they always try to make it fair, like teams have an even number of days off, you know, and throwing that Monday night game in is kind of um, – it's different, but I'm always here for football, too. You know, you got the extra team in this year, so I know scheduling may have been, you know, they had to change the schedule a little bit or how they schedule. So it is what it is. It'll be interesting to see how all this goes down. But first things first, um, you know, our Cleveland Browns have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. And to be honest with you, um, sports-wise, I've been a little sick to my stomach <laughs> Ever since they got eliminated, um, you know, the Browns needed some help to get in. And uh, one of the games we needed to, to have go down in our favor was Cincinnati and Kansas City. And me, like an idiot, <laughs> sat here and watched the whole game. I literally watched the whole game. Like I was watching the Browns game on edge. And as soon as I saw the field, as soon as I saw the ball go through the uprights, <laughs> and, and Paul Brown Stadium giving Cincinnati the victory. I had a little twinge in my stomach because I knew at that point in time, even though technically we weren't mathematically eliminated, it was only a matter of time before that door came slamming shut and everything was going to go downhill from there. And uh, there it is. And then on top of that, what makes things even worse was that of all things to happen, Pittsburgh needed a miracle to get into the playoffs and everything that they needed to happen, happened. And Indianapolis had one of the worst losses in the history, not just in the NFL, in the history of sports. History of life. Jack- All you had to do was beat Jacksonville, a listless, lowly Jacksonville team to get into the playoffs. And not only get into the playoffs, but keep Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. And they lose. Then, oh, go ahead. then we needed... Um, uh, the Chargers and the Raiders to tie. And I'm like, that's not, there's no way that that's going to happen. 
So Pittsburgh's in, but they, there was a chance that it was a tie. And the, the idiot, San Diego, well, not San Diego, but Los Angeles Charters coach screws it up. They pretty much had like a nod, one of those little wink-wink deals to go ahead and just play for a tie. So both of them get in in overtime, and he screws nah. it up. No, nah, he and loses the game. He messed it all the way up. Right. Uh, so now Pittsburgh's in the playoffs, and that's another gut punch that those sons of bitches um, at the convergence of the Ohio, Mahangahelia, and Allegheny River um, reverse, that team there is now in the playoffs. So that's where my mindset is um, right now, in regards to the Browns. I'm very angry, I'm disappointed. Um, I'm still kind of in disbelief that we're here. Um, but that's where my mindset is right now. Uh, I, I'm not that far away from that, honestly. <laughs> um, I think I've embraced a little bit more uh, of where we are because I saw it coming. Um, and, and as crazy as this season was, again, it was super disappointing. I, I don't <laughs> – I'm more of a hardline dude. I just feel like we there's no reason for us not to be in the playoffs this year. As poorly as we played at certain spots of the season, we still had every chance up to the last uh, you know, couple games of, of the whole season to win, not just our games, the last couple games in the season. Right. We could have won. And or that if they had gone a certain way, we might have still slipped in. Um, as we talked about, you know, my problem with any of that is that we didn't do what we should have done. That's so true. We didn't to sit up and have to 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 cross your fingers and hope. Because uh, I didn't I didn't watch the Chiefs game uh, initially because my thought process was that the Chiefs win. But I thought that the Chiefs would win. That was my initial thing. My thought was to watch the Rams and the, and the Ravens um, because that was probably going to be a closer game and I didn't want to see by the end of that game by the started getting close uh the the, the uh, Bengals game I didn't want to watch it because I was like if these fools win I don't want to see uh that crowd go stupid and I didn't want to see them so I didn't want to see it I didn't want to see it I couldn't stomach watching it so I, I wouldn't turn in that game for nothing. I just, just refused to watch it. I couldn't do it to myself. And, you know, I watched the Rams game and the Rams won um, uh, over the Ra uh, Ravens. So, but at that point, I said, you know, we, hell, Pittsburgh is in the playoffs and we lost to them twice. Ain't no way we should have lost to Pittsburgh twice. We should have won both of those games. But it's, the, it's that type of, of, of stuff that as you assess what has happened in this season, you can't help but be disappointed. You can't help but uh, finger point. And it's it's sort of like, a, a you know, watching your kid, you send him off to college, uh, it seems like he's going to do okay and he comes home with bad grades and you find out, you know, he, he may have gotten some girl pregnant. You know, it, <laughs> it, it's disappointing. Yeah, it's just it's just an overall waste of a season. You're going Absolutely. backwards. Absolutely, you know, things are starting to come up and crop up that does not help your team in a positive way at all. And it's just, uh, 
you know, it's 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 frustrating. Um, one thing too, I thought was interesting was um, some guys had a press conference yesterday, and they were real very candid. I was surprised at how open um, some of the players were. It just wasn't player speaker coach speak yesterday. And one of the main things that came out of the uh, press conferences yesterday was that. Uh, a lot of the defensive players were saying how there was no team unity at all. Um, they were like the offense was dealing with the offense. The defense was basically with the defense. And uh, one guy said, I think it was John Johnson, came out and said, hey, there's players on this team that's never spoken to each other. Um, and I understand that you're not going to be chummy chummy with all 53 players on the roster. I, I get that. A lot of turnovers and injuries and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I understand that, but the way they were making it sound was that, hey, it was pretty much just like two separate factions and there was no cohesiveness. And um, they said that was probably one of the reasons why you never saw the Browns play complimentary football. Defense have a great game. The offense sucks. Offense has a great game. The defense sucks. Um, And I'm glad that they actually came out and said that. So that means that they they kind of have an idea of some things they need to do to try to fix, you know, what's going on inside that locker room. Well, that says a lot, though, um, uh, as you said, kind of piggybacking off what you where you were going with that. I think it says a lot from a di- from a lot of different angles. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, a guy like John Johnson is going to be back next year. So, of, of course, his assessment of what's going on is going to be a little more sturdy and a little more definitive uh, than, say, somebody like uh, Anthony Walker was on a one-year contract. Right. Uh, he might, Anthony Walker might feel the same way, but he might be like, hey, man, look, I'm trying to get picked up next year, so I don't want to say nothing too bad. <laughs> you know, let me just clean my locker out, see what happens. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll move on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm putting words in the dude's mouth right now, but um, just how it how it all looks. But from, from day one, John Johnson has been an outspoken person. Uh, if go back to when OBJ left, he was the first person to come out and say, "Shoot, if the dude want, if he want to come play, we'll we'll have him. Ain't nobody got no problem with him in here, you know." And that's rare in certain in these types of situations. Um, right. He also said uh, he had a problem with the training, the training staff. He didn't yeah. like some of, the, some of the things that went down with that. So I mean, again, a lot of that stuff. It's, it's super important to have a veteran uh, step up and say that. It's also super important to have a guy that's coming back next year to say that, a guy you're going to depend on, a guy that you want on your field, and one of your better defenders. You want that out of them. Miles Garrett has been super outspoken this year about things, um, and he's absolutely right. And a lot of what he said and what we've seen has gone into how we're going to, you know, what are our decisions in terms of grades for these for these guys, um, but I like it because it's leadership and it's and it's and it's uh, accountability. Like you right. gotta have it. Like I'm, I get so sick of the, of the vanilla, you know, everybody friends and let's all walk away and say all of the right stuff. And that's you can't say anything bad. You gotta say something bad when something bad happens. You gotta say, man, that wasn't the right thing to do, right? Don't you? How do you correct it? You right. don't correct it by acting like it didn't happen. <clears throat> right. And John Johnson even said something where he asked him a question about something he tweeted and did the fans get upset about it. He was like, yeah, he said, yeah, coach got upset about it. And he told me, 
Um, we had a t- we sat down and talked about it. Oh, and, him uh, tweeting, uh, he tweeted, run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know what? I like the fact that the guys feel comfortable enough to come out and I like be it. candid and not worry about any backlash, you know, from the front office. Um, no, I so, like yeah, so that's that's uh, that's kind of refreshing. But other than that, man, like I said, overall, the season was uh, a disappointment. Ended, ended the season was- at home against the Bengals um, in a pretty much a, a mean, meaningless football game. But a win is a win. You wanted to go out with a victory. A lot of people wanted us to lose for better draft position, blah, 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 blah. But if you're trying to preach a culture of winning and change, you always want to go out there and, and put your best foot forward, like, no matter and what. There was a lot of those guys that had something to play for, to be honest with you. Um, right. Johnson, I don't think he has a contract. Uh, a continuing contract with us. So, you know, this dude needs to go out there and play solid to potentially either get re-signed by us, I don't think he will, or to go out there and, uh, and, and get a few, you know, dollars for himself on the open market. Uh, right. You know, guys like uh, like Demetri Felton, he's got some stuff. He, he hasn't looked great in the in the back end of the season, so him being able to go out there and play decently, you know, that's something important as well. Uh, unfortunately for me, and I say unfortunately only because I've been hypercritical of uh, Baker being as injured as he was and him deciding to continue to play. Unfortunately, uh, Case Keenum did exactly what I said he could do, which is give us Baker Mayfield-esque numbers in that game. It, we didn't see any fall off from the quarterback play. We didn't see any any like huge pickup, but we did see basic numbers from the quarterback, which is what we've seen all season. So I say unfortunately because it's like, damn it, I left that game feeling the exact same way I felt all season. Should let this dude play, let him get as healthy as he could possibly have gotten, and then kind of make that hard run. I, I just think we. We played tight and we coached tight. Uh, our plan was tight. We 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 played again with the uh, scared to scared to win mentality because you didn't want to lose. Oh, let's let's just not lose this game. So you scared to win. Right. You got to go win and you got to play to win. You got to make you know decisions on the fly and all that stuff. And I didn't see a lot of that. And I think, but I think this game, I knew, I kind of knew we would win, a because you, there was going to be no Joe Mixon, there was going to be uh, no Joe Burrow. Um, I think uh, Jamar Chase was out there for about what a series or two. Yeah, Maybe. just just to break the record. Yeah, just the season thing or receiver record for the Yeah, and then he was out, so um, I kind of expected us to play decently. You know, again, some of those guys needed some time out there to uh, excuse me to play and, and and see the field. So again, I'm happy that we won because I probably would be even angrier and <laughs> I would probably be like, you know what, these sons of bitches. But uh we we did at least get the win. Unfortunately, we finished under 500. So we had another losing season this year. Uh and I'm about sick of those over the last 20 or so years. Right. Um yeah, we were eight and nine, but I think the most disappointing thing, and I, I'm sure Sean will 
agree, and probably a number of people who may watch this show will agree. To be completely and totally honest, this team was a few plays, a few bad calls away from possibly winning 12 games. It's just yeah. that simple. It's just that simple. That's just sports. When they say sports is the yeah. game of inches, that's literally inches. true. Like the ball bounces a certain way. The game of execution. You said a call here and there, and it yep. can completely change the season. That's why when you have things are in your control, you got to get to get those wins. Like, like there are no, there are no um, good losses in the NFL. Baseball, no. basketball. Um, those sports, yeah, you can afford several, you know, bad losses. But in the NFL, every game is precious. And in and, and the NBA and in the and damn sure in uh, Major League Baseball, you can afford a couple of long losing streaks. You right. can't afford that in the NFL. You can't be a, a, a team that loses two, three in a row. You, you, know, you don't want to do that once, but you damn sure can't do it twice. It's, it's, too, it's almost impossible to – to, to pivot and turn that corner. It's such a weird locker room situation. It's such a weird right. corner to turn to go from winning to losing that, you know, two or three games happen where you lose and somebody looks bad or somebody doesn't like what they do over here and there. And it changed the entire feeling in that locker room. Right. Or, and on that sideline. And then you, you, you'll you see the difference. Right. And, and, and on top of that, now you got a bunch of teams that, I feel that we're better than I'm not going to say we're better than them because we're not in the playoffs and they are, but to sit here and have to watch the Raiders and the Patriots who are supposed to have another down year, the Eagles were crying out loud who are awful. The, the, um, the Eagles are awful. You know, seeing them get in and we are, it's just, it's just really, really frustrating, man. And now you got to go through, and, and we'll get into this later on. Um, in the year when it gets closer to the draft and stuff like that. But now you had to go through this long off season with bad rumors, bad reporting, not knowing what's oh, true and what's not true. And we got to go through oh, all that. Again. It was nice not having to go through that last season. I don't want to hear yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was nice. Like we didn't have any of that after last season. And we think we're done with that type of drama. Now here we, here we go. I mean, they pretty much had Baker Mayfield out of town before the Cincinnati game leaving over with. They already had a list of places, you know, his landing spots and listen, all of this, this, that, and the third. And can we can we be clear? Let's please everybody, let's be clear. The market for Baker Mayfield is very shallow. And it's not because I'm trying <clears throat> to kill the dude. I don't know where anywhere that quote unquote really needs a quarterback, first of all. The places that really need a quarterback, like right now in this particular moment, I don't know how much he's going to help them because he doesn't have everything around him to help them. Uh, you know, that would be what Carolina. I don't think he's going at this point. The way Tua has looked, I know they just fired the coach, but the way Tua looked, I think Tua's probably going to get another year as a starter. In Miami, yeah. maybe New Orleans. I I mean, but it ain't a lot. There's not a lot. Yeah, and not only that, um, there's no viable re yeah, or realistic no replacement for him right now. Either. There's no reason on our end to put that dude on a trading block. Uh, I don't care if we're getting three first-round picks because we still don't have an answer for 
where we're going. I don't believe that Case Keenum is the answer. I, I like some of the kids that are coming out of college, but I don't think any of those kids are an instant uh, answer. I don't know right. if that's the way I want to go. Coming out yeah, of college, I you know. I don't know if that's the way I want to go. I don't think we're going to land any of these uh, vets. And here's why I don't think we're going to land any of those vets because of the coaching and because of how the offense is run. These guys are veterans. And as a veteran, you have the option to say, yeah, I'm going to go there or no. I don't like this offense. If Aaron Rodgers decides to leave Green Bay, this dude is in the playoffs again with probably a really, really high chance of going to the Super Bowl. Why the hell would he come to Cleveland when the offense suggests he can't throw like he wants to throw or when he wants to throw? That ain't going to happen. He's not coming here. I don't believe Russell Wilson's coming here. Same thing. I got to play like this. I don't want to go there and do that. He might only come because of the offensive line and running game. Because the last time he had a decent offensive line and a solid running game, they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. So he might be your best shot. I don't know about the shot. Watson just right. not, not, and not only that, those guys would have to wear their no trade clauses. And, and listen, in the right situation, they would. I know that. And yeah. you know, we've all seen that. But you know, I don't know that the destination, like if Cleveland was offensively like some of these other spots. Yeah, I I can see people wanting to be here, but I think it's I think we're unfortunate. And I'll say this: I'll save that comment for when we get into uh, our grades. Um, I I just think that guys from other teams, like a, a Super Bowl winning guy who wants to go back to uh, a Super Bowl, like. Um, Aaron Rodgers and he sees the talent here but he also sees a level of dysfunction that he just kind of came from he don't want to go to that you know when Tom Brady decided to go to Tampa Bay he was thinking about going uh, to New Orleans but I think Tampa Bay was more ready to do whatever he needed to do to get stuff done you know they were ready to do whatever he said do because that's what the cachet that dude carried. Aaron Rodgers, the one MVP 16 times. <laughs> he, he, he is going to call whatever shot he wants to call. Hell, he talked mad crap about the damn front office in every interview he had for the first four weeks from the OTAs all the way through. And all the, all, all the front office did was do everything he wanted them to do. Right. So you would have to have something in place like that here. Again, I don't know that having a domineering cat like that here is what the Browns want in terms of the front office. I don't think that's what they want. So I don't believe that those guys are coming here, even from our end. Uh, right. And then even if they did, we find a way to mess it up anyway. And then, uh, you know, I was having, trying to avoid saying that, though. <laughs> and then, you know, guys like Kirk Cousins and – Derek Carr, if you're going to go that route, you might as well just take it out with another year of Baker. I, I agree. Well. I totally agree. I totally you know? agree. If we're going we to end up with Jimmy Garofalo, we may as well stick with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, now, Jimmy G and them, did, he did look good in the playoffs, but to get them into the playoffs. Yeah, listen, that last, the last couple of drives were great, but we – That's what I'm saying. I don't have no – look, I got – I got as much faith in Jimmy Garoppolo as I got in Baker Mayfield. 
I don't have much faith in Baker at all in, in those terms. Like coming down the stretch, here we go, fourth quarter, we need you to make a play. I've actually seen both of them do it before. But what faith do I have with my quarterback? Right, exactly. Like when I, I knew <clears throat> overtime earlier this season, I forget what game it was, but the, the, uh, the Ravens were playing. And when they went into overtime and they won the toss and they said, oh, we're going to receive. I said, the Ravens about to win. That's when Lamar was held. Oh, they about to win. And they did. I said the same thing when Aaron Rodgers had, oh, Aaron Rodgers getting the ball. It's over. Like, I don't say that. I don't feel that with Jimmy Garofalo. I don't feel that with Baker. You know, I don't feel that. I'm just being honest. I don't. So Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm right with you. you. It's it's not me killing the dude. I'm just being real. I I don't think Baker gonna pull up pull nothing out. He had right. like four chances this year to pull games out. He ended up with like three interceptions out of them four times. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't buy into. And I've seen. I'll put it like this. I've seen enough. And we'll go into that when we get into. Because uh, I, I got a couple of questions to ask. Because I saw a few really good questions. Really. Some telling questions. It's the end of the season, so people are coming up with all kinds of stuff. And I I have right, been go ahead, and go, ahead, go ahead and put them out there. Every little bit of bait. I've been on every little bit of bait. So the first the first question. Uh do you give Baker Mayfield $40 million? Is he you think he's worth it? No. Do you, wait, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. That's too that's too easy. The Browns make the playoffs. We go uh, 12 and 5. We make the playoffs. We make the AFC Championship game, but we lose. Baker has a, a season similar or a bit better than what he had uh, last season. Do you give him the $45, $40 million? Like next year? Yeah, at the end of um, next year. And you're saying he had just an average season. He nothing. had a season very similar to what he had in 2020. Or, oh, a or a bit better. Okay. Um, it depends on what the market is at that time. Um, like based on like who's the highest paid quarterback, how much the highest paid is it? I guess it'll probably still be Mahomes. No, I don't give him Mahomes type money, but I may give him something, offer him something comparable, and you know, but fair. It's like, you know, come on, you know what I'm saying? Look, you you got us to this point. Um, and I know you can't just say, hey, you're not Patrick Mahomes. But in a way, you got to say, hey, you're not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> this is where <laughs> yeah. we see you and value you. And we're going to, you know, you're you going to get paid. You're making good money. Especially from, from, where, from, where, from where you're coming from. Right. That's kind of what I would do. Do I, do I give him the exact max that I can give him? No, but I would give him a comparable deal. Uh, like I, I, think, I, I think you got to put quarterbacks in tiers. You know, oh, you have sure. your, your Aaron Rodgers, your Mahomes and stuff like that. And then maybe he falls into the tier. If he if he does that, what you say, and we get to the AFC championship, um, you know, maybe you put him in the next tier of quarterbacks um, underneath that and offer him a, a, a contract of that ilk. Yeah, because see, right now I have him in the, in the C <clears throat> tier of quarterbacks. He's he's slightly above like Kirk Cousins and those guys to me. 
Yeah. Um, but not by well, much. Not right now. Well, uh, well, as of right now, absolutely, he, he's probably not anywhere near Kirk Cousins in terms of his numbers and stuff. But right. I think his ability overall, what I've seen, and I. But if I got to go by overall, I also have to put in the bad stuff I've seen too. Right. Uh, so it. That's why I have him. I still have him above those guys. But we talking about you still in the in a in the C category to me. Right. Um, um, now, what if everything I just said, similar season or better than 2020, uh, and we actually get to the Super Bowl? Do you give him the $40 million? You almost have to at that point. You almost have to. Even, look, even, though, even, though, even, though, even though you may be sabotaging your, your team's future. Well, <laughs> Listen, they did it. They did it with Flacco. You almost That's have to. Flacco. That's what happened with Flacco. Yeah. Flacco was not worth that money, but man, he won the Super Bowl. So it's like, how do you not bring back the quarterback that just won the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know? Uh, or how do you how would it would it be a, a PR failure to franchise that guy? You can't you, you still end up paying him 40 million. Or close. No, you, what is it? I think you pay, do you pay, is it the top? Is it the, it's top, like the three? top five or something? Top five. I don't, I don't, I don't give me the line about how exactly how that works, but it's, think, a, you know, it's something like the top three or top five. It'd be a uh, good chunk of money because, like, I when they were doing that with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins got a nice chunk of money. Oh, man, that dude, hey, listen, years, you know, let me tell you something. His mediocre ass is, is he's straight. Uh, listen, I do, <laughs> I do whatever to be as basic as that nigga. And yeah. <laughs> he didn't got his coach like fired. That. He didn't got his GM fired. You know. <laughs> listen, but you know so, what? That's gonna. It's gonna. This is gonna show us a lot about Kirk Cousins, though, because he's going from a system when he was in when he was in uh, Washington. There was a a system that worked well there. And he went to a better system in Minnesota. But it's all about the system. Yeah, he puts up good numbers. He puts up very good numbers. They're just empty, empty numbers. But you know? they don't accomplish. Listen, just the same as I said about Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield, a guy winning, and I ain't even talking about a regular game because that guy at least gets to the playoffs damn near every year. My issue with him is, okay, we're in the playoffs. Are you going to win this game for me, Dave Craig? Yeah, that's basically who he is. You're not. Think about it. Yeah, that's basically who he is. I don't have, I don't have that faith in, in, in him. So I don't, I don't really know how he got that money, but I get it. Minnesota didn't have a quarterback. He might have been the better of, or the, kind of that lightning in the bottle guy. And he hasn't been awful for them. So I mean, no, it hasn't been all. And I mean, it, 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 I'm not going to place all their failures on him. No, it ain't, it ain't Kirk Cousins' fault. It's the yeah, system. Fair. It's the culture stuff. It's some defensive stuff. Um, you know, it's it's a few. It's a bit of everything. It's a full team issue, I think, over there. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought they were going to fire Zimmer, though. I'll be honest. Yeah, I thought they would give him at least one more year. But he's been there eight years. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. Really, I didn't, I didn't know it was that long. And I think that's what got him is, is the longevity. Okay. Like we we eight years in, dude. What you doing? You ain't got us 
elevated. The yeah, title. that that makes sense. That that makes a lot of sense. But um, so what, what's your second question, bro? Second question. My second question is with what all of the things that uh, Stefanski and his press conference yesterday and Andrew, oh, I'm sorry, his, I think his press conference was, yeah, it was yesterday and earlier in the day. And then Andrew Barry came out later in the day. Uh, and they both stated that they expect Baker to come back healthy next year. And they expect for Baker to be our quarterback next year. But there was a lot of people uh, in my groups that I'm in and on Facebook that had issues with that particular statement. Them saying at the end of a very disappointing season and absolutely disappointing season for Baker, that he's the guy going forward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Did you have a problem? with them saying what they said, and did you buy it? Um, no, I don't have a problem with it. Um, yes, I buy it for now. And people that are upset about them saying that, they don't understand the politics of football. Um, because you can't just, you can't throw your quarterback under the bus when you don't have another viable option yet. So let's say you come out and say, hey, we're not sure about Baker right now. Uh, we may bring in somebody for a quarterback competition. What if that doesn't come to fruition? Now you got to go on your hands and knees crawling back to this guy. And right. he can just say, hey, I want out now. You don't want me? I, want, I either want to leave or I'm still hurt. I can't play yet. Right. What you going to do now? Anything. Now, some people will say, well, so what? We don't want you anyway. Get on <laughs> out of here. But it's like like it's not easy to find a court. It's, people act like we can just go out here. Like, like, like we go into Walmart and just grab a quarterback out of the um, out of the home appliance section. That's it. And plug them in, and it's going to be all good. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> like so, at least like Foreman Grill. <laughs> right. So, at least if you have to go back to Baker's, a guy who's been here, he's familiar with the coaching staff and the system. Uh, we've seen he's gotten us to the playoffs before. Um, you know he can play. Hopefully, he comes back healthy and he bounces back. Um, to answer the second part of your question, I buy it for now. Yeah, but things can change. Uh, it's going to be a, a long offseason. So, of course, if somebody becomes available that you didn't think will become available, that would be a um, a huge upgrade from him, for him. I don't think the Browns front office would hesitate to um, make a move if that move is there. So, you know, you have to understand the politics of football. They said that because they had to say it. Uh, it's a smart thing to say and doesn't bother me even if I um, like I said I'm not pro Baker I'm not anti Baker I'm pro Brown so since Baker is a quarterback I want him to do well even if I was a so-called anti Baker guy I understand that they have to say that mm -hmm. just because it's the smart thing to say at the time mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and that's listen perfect that's that's 1000% how I felt uh, I, I just, I'm like, that's GM speak. What was he supposed to say? Uh, man, listen, we can't wait to get that dude out the building. No, can't. Even if that's how he feels, you're, he can't say it. No smart GM on the planet would say it unless the mood and the atmosphere within the organization was so far removed from him. 
Right. It would have to be super removed from it. But right. even in bad situations, you usually hear a a, uh, a GM say something along the lines of, "Yo, we uh, you know, we'll we'll address that, you know, in the off season." Like they don't even want to touch it because the politics that Sean is, is speaking of. One of the things that in well, excuse me in the politics that Sean is speaking of, one of the things that he didn't mention, but it's as big as anything else, is it's other guys listening to see what he's gonna say. They yeah. may not want Baker back. They may not like Baker, but they want to see how this dude going to handle that kind of a question or that kind of a situation. So if you start alienating players because he didn't do what I thought he was going to do and you start openly alienating guys, and most people speak highly, most of the players and the agents speak highly of the front office right now. Now you about to start losing free agents. We finally have started, started to get guys who want to be here you start to alienate those guys and you cannot do that. So uh, on the flip side of that coin, uh, one of the other things that I uh, pointed out, Baker is rehab and you don't have a, a, a definitive exit strategy if that ain't your guy. So you can't just say, like Sean was saying, you can't just say, man, this ain't my dude or something goofy because this dude could prolong his, his, uh, his, his treatments or Say he ain't 100%, blah, 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 and drag this thing out. It'll work against him. So he doesn't want to do that. Plus, this dude being in uh, in surgery and then being in rehab and then trying to get himself back, you need to have a positive psyche going forward for that. I've been injured, and I know it. a lot of your injuries are a lot more mental than they are physical. Mm-hmm. So they want the dude to come back in a mental standpoint of yo know, I you know I'm I'm ready to be the quarterback again. And he's shooting for that. So that helps him in his rehab. That helps him as he he's like, man, I gotta be better than that because damn it, I'm QB1. Not to mention if you're gonna end up trading him by the end of the year, you ain't finna say he's gonna be my third string quarterback coming right exactly. Hey, you're gonna kill the trade value. So it's all GM speed. I just thought you know, I, I thought it. Oh, and and let's not forget this one, because this is also part of the GM speak. He also said it that way, because if Baker comes back and balls the hell out, it gives him the look of, I told y'all, right? Yeah, I knew <laughs> all along. Like, he was just hurt, and yeah, yeah, he's healthy now. So it was a, it was a, <clears throat> it was the safest, smartest, as Sean said. I don't even think I said it was smart earlier when I was discussing it with other people, but I think Sean is absolutely correct. It's smart. And the front office has been very smart. So uh, Andrew Barry is a smart dude. Um, I think he knows what he's doing when it comes to this. And I think it was, I think it was the right play. That's what you're supposed to say. So, you know, I just, it's funny to watch other people, basically the, the, the fan base has imploded and it's created these huge factions that we knew already existed it's almost like politics right now so right. when one thing went wrong now the, the the fissure between the people who love baker and the people who hate baker oh that thing is it's they don't even touch no more right like, you know what i mean it's it's crazy so and it's just where we are now it, it, like everything is such a hot button issue you know everything is such a big damn exactly one or the other way so, I mean, it's, it's, 
I still believe in the Browns, the Browns themselves. I've been a Browns fan. I've gone into long detail explaining that Sean has as well. So regardless of whether Baker comes back, regardless of if they sign him to, uh, you know, a $40 million con- per year contract, I'm still going to be a Browns fan. I'm, I'm still going to be a Browns fan. I'm still going to, at some point, be sitting in that building that's behind me, uh, rooting and hoping that things work out uh, right. for, for the best, for the Browns, that is. So and who and if Baker is my is the quarterback at that time, if he might if he's uh my QB one, hey, I don't have a lot of faith in you, but I'm gonna need you to pull this out today. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta pull this win out today. And that's how it's always gonna be for me. If it's Baker, if it's Russell Wilson, if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's uh Garoppolo, I doubt there's gonna be any of those guys. I'm just saying. I, I need you to I need you to show up whoever the hell it is because I'm a Browns fan. And yeah. that's it. I'm for the so, exact same way, man. So you want to go ahead and, and get into these grades? Let's get hey man, let's get into these grades, man. Um so as we stated, as we all know, we're we're at the end of the Browns season, uh, after week 18 and of course we're not in the playoffs, so we gotta give our end of season. Grades, uh, the way we're going to do it, we're probably just going to you know, do it more comprehensive than, than uh, being uh, specific, except for certain parts. I think Baker deserves his own grade, um, aside from what the offense did. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pretty much decide who gets individual grades, but it'll probably just be comprehensive, and then we'll just give you guys some insight into where we came up with our uh, our grades from. So I'm gonna start with uh, the front office. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll start up, up top first. Sean, what was your uh, take on the front office from free agency to the draft going coming into the season and how they handled everything? I give the front office a B minus. Um, I think they had a pretty good draft. Um, free agency, I think it did a really really. Um, good job with free agency. Um, the reason why I give them a B minus, I think they botched the OBJ situation where that could have been lifting a bud before the season started and maybe you wouldn't have had so much drama um, in the locker room. Um, I think overall, um, you know, as far as Haslam, he's taking a huge step back out of the spotlight, letting his football people do their jobs, um, which is what we've been wanting. So I like that. Andrew Barry is sharp. Um, oh, who we, we drafted Greg Newsome. You got JOK. Um, you picked up John Johnson, Troy Hill, Clowney, um, who I didn't like the move at first. So I had to eat crow with that one. And I was happily, you know, happy to do so. Um, so overall, I give him a B minus. I think they should have went ahead and moved OBJ in the offseason, even if you wouldn't have gotten what you thought was fair value, um, just to eliminate any potential issues going forward. Um, and I think to me personally, that's the only blemish on the front office this season was that move or lack of a move earlier in the season. I uh I, pre- I almost 100% agree with every single solitary word you just said. 
Um, I actually gave them a C plus B minus, which is relatively the same grade. Mm-hmm. And it's for relatively the same um, reasons. I think from the draft, for you to have your first two picks be uh, heavy, heavy, heavy contributors um, on the field. I mean, I felt like for a minute, JLK, they kind of buried him for a minute. They weren't using him early in the season, you know? Yeah, then he got hurt too. Remember, he was out for a while. Well, he, well, he got hurt in, in camp, right? Uh, in preseason, one of the two. And so that kind of stymied the progress that they thought they saw in him. And uh, so about what was that? He didn't come, he didn't start playing, playing until like maybe like week three or four. He started the season and then he got hurt around week three or four and went out. Was that what happened? No, yeah. that ain't what happened, is it? Yeah. He that he did get nicked in, in the in the preseason. Oh, you know what happened? I'm sorry. You know what happened? I know exactly how that happened. He wasn't supposed to start. Somebody else was supposed to start. Uh Anthony Walker got hurt. And he started this, he started, you're right. You're absolutely right. He did start. And that gave him the opportunity. And he was effective almost immediately. And then he got hurt. And like you didn't hear nothing from the linebackers at all. But that was also during the time when the defense was really searching for itself. Right. <clears throat> and it, that dude showed back up and it was crazy. But to get the heavy contributions from him, from uh from Newsom, to have the signings of uh Wyatt Teller, to have the signings of Joe Petonio, I think those were huge. Get those out of the way, they're not distractions. And you've solidified your offensive line, you're giving yourself the opportunity to to really uh right. Go yeah, and I forward. forgot about those moves, man. I forgot about them. You know, that was, yeah. Like that was huge to get yeah. that out of the way and not have that lingering in this offseason. Because imagine the offseason right now if that was a part of it too. Um that's 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 a lot. You gotta figure out what to do with Baker, you gotta figure out what to do with uh with uh Denzel. I'm sure they're gonna take care of Denzel, um, but I'd rather go into the offseason with trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with Denzel, than going into the offseason trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with Denzel, with uh, Baker, with the offensive line. You know what I mean? So right. I'm happy with with those things. And my one blemish is how they handled OBJ. I think they absolutely they could have nipped it in the bud by either moving the guy. They could have nipped it in the bud by sitting the dude down, talking to him, and and having an understanding. And I don't think they did that. I think they played it as they did everything else this season. Tried to play it safe, and it and it backfired. So I, I right. think that's the only thing that that didn't go well for them this year. Uh, front office wise, I think. I agree. Um. So let's move it down to the field a little bit and. I love these guys together, your, your offensive coordinators uh, and the offense. And I have to put the offensive coordinators and head coach together, together because he's both. Um, I gave Stefanski as a head coach a solid D. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel like he regressed. I saw some stuff this yeah. year that um, – you know, the stuff that happened last year was all in his favor. So as soon as things weren't in his favor this year, he didn't deal with adversity on on any level. 
like they started to clown him in the um in in the damn local media at over his uh over his press conferences talking about the a he never says anything and b the one thing that you always get out of it is oh we got to do better they did a freaking montage on 19 where it was literally for like two minutes of him saying got to get better going to get better got to get better going to get better i was like Damn. that's that's like them when hugh jackson rule i watched the tape I gotta watch the tape. That's, watch the that's tape. That's watch the tape. Man. You gotta do more than tell me. <clears throat> and you know, from week to week, you want to go one and oh. Okay. Well, go one and oh then. But you gotta do something different because what you did last week didn't work. Right. And you got another person coming in here th- th- this week, but you're putting the same situation out there for them to deal with. So as a head coach, I gave him a solid D. I just feel like he he. He's doing too much as a head coach. As a head coach, he needs to focus on being the head coach and managing the locker room. I think he did a terrible job of managing the locker room this year. Um, he's a part of the OBJ situation, but that's I'm putting that a little bit more on the offensive coordinator side of him. But as a head coach, there's things you got to say and do too. He didn't do that. So I give him a solid D as a head coach. Uh, him, AVP, as, as offensive coordinators, I gave him a D plus C minus. Again, a lot of stuff fell off. He didn't have certain things. All of it wasn't awful. I did see certain plays that probably could have worked if guys would have caught passes. Right. Um, if if uh, you know the running game would have got off a little bit better. That's the only reason I didn't give him a flat out F. So that people understand, and I'm not some jackass. I do understand it. Some of it is execution, and sometimes these guys didn't execute. Sometimes they were terrible passes. Sometimes they hit the dudes right in the hands. Sometimes it was a false start. So now I got to put in another play because this play was going to work. You know what I mean? So I get it. I understand it. But as offensive coordinators, your job is to figure out what the defense is going to do and put in a play that's capable of working for the offense. There's too many times where I was like, what is this guy doing? Too many times where I thought they should have ran where they didn't. And I don't mean nothing just because I thought so. But situationally, it seemed like some play calls weren't that great. Right. Not to mention, not to mention this whole throw 30 to 45 times and run 15 to 25 times combo thing that he does is terrible. It's terrible. You have to. It's, the game is situational, and you got to be able to make adjustments. I don't think they make good adjustments on the fly. I don't think they do in-game adjustments at all. And it, and if they do, it just doesn't seem like it. So they got to get better. They're losing guys. It, like at the end of the season, all of a sudden, we need a wide receivers when you had a wide receiver. But it ain't the wide receivers, to be honest with you. Something going on with the with the guy taking the snaps. And here, I think more than anything. Yeah. And there's something going on in the offensive line. You got to get guys healthy. But there's also some stubbornness and some arrogance that's happening with Stefanski as a play caller. So with all of that said, that's why I gave him a D plus C minus. Yeah. So as far as the offense coordinator side of it, I give him a C. And the reason why I give him a C is – um, you touched on it. Um, all of it wasn't play calling as far as the failures of the offense. 
a lot of it was failure of execution by the players. A lot of those plays were open. They didn't make the play. So um, so that's why I don't put the whole blame on him. But where I do blame him is, you know, when you see your quarterback is hobbled the way he is, and if you're going to play him that way, um, you need to make the proper adjustments to protect him. And he didn't do a good job of that at all. It was too too much inconsistency. As a head coach side, I give him a D um, just for the fact the organizational aspect was not there. Too many penalties, pre-snap penalties. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> just, they were just disjointed on offense, very confused. No flow for the most part of the season at all. Um, you know, the way he handled the OBJ situation was bad. It was just, just not solid um especially coming off from last year you want to see improvement you want to see growth and you didn't see growth you saw a regression so that's why i'm being a little you know people may say a d for overall coaching is a little harsh um but that's where we need to go like you you set the team back the organization back so we have to give you a, a have some tough love give you a tough grade um Whole, and, and with the hopes that you learn from your mistakes because mm-hmm. he is only a second year coach mm-hmm. you, know, you have to be fair a lot of like uh, a lot of personalities a lot of egos in that locker room that you have to manage a whole lot it's of, not you for anybody let alone a second year coach now so, do you think do you think that early success was bad for him or maybe even bad for the team no, not at all. Okay. Um, I think you just have to, what you have to learn how to how to how to uh, compartmentalize that mentally is that look, last year was last year, this year is this year. Don't necessarily just rely on what happened last year. I think automatically that's going to translate. You know, the following year, you got to make you know the proper adjustments. Things change when you get some adversity. Something happens that's unexpected. How do you handle that? So right. no, I don't. I don't. I don't ever think. The only time early success is bad to me is when a guy um, gets arrogant and cocky about it and think that hey, I've arrived. Um, I don't have you know like I'm I'm here, and you don't think there's room for improvement. I don't think Stefanski is necessarily like that per se now he may have gotten a maybe a slightly bigger you know ego you know like one of the things we always talk about is, is play calling she he relinquished to play and stuff like that now maybe in that sense where maybe he should have let the reins go a little bit you know he's like well no i did this last year i'm i'm good at this blah 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 i'm not letting that go now maybe that could have you know, play the, you know, a factor into it. But I don't think overall, you know, having early success made him this, this maniac where you can't tell him nothing at all. You know? Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, just a question that kind of popped in my head as we were, as you were talking. Yeah. Um, Cause you're right. He is only a second year guy, which is again. Yeah. I, I jump on this dude's back. I've been jumping on his back for two years now. However, the one thing you ain't never heard me say is he needs to get fired. You ain't never heard me say that. 
I said the head coach needs to fire the offensive coordinator, but I ain't never said they need to fire the head coach. <laughs> right. That's, you know, those things to me, or I'm sorry, not the offensive coordinator, but the offensive play caller. Um, but I, I agree. I think Stefanski is a, I think he's a, a pretty solid dude and a solid young coach. I just think he's a little bit overwhelmed and everything that could have gone right this year kind of went wrong and he had to do what he does. I think this works against him. He's, he just doesn't make adjustments well. So when things went wrong, he didn't know what adjustments to make because he doesn't make adjustments. He just feels like what I said is going to, it's going to work. You know, he's just like that dude banging his head up against a damn wall. Right. You know, so uh, that's, that's, that's our take uh, on, on that dude. And I also fear that he's going to be, he could potentially end up being like Mike Zimmer eight years in and we're still kind of like a 500 team. Figured it out, right. You know, not really have ever gone past the division around maybe one AFC game. And, you know, you, you, at some point, he's going to have to show that he can break through that ceiling. So a lot of my criticisms about him is with the hope that he does figure it out and break through so that we can get to where we're ultimately trying to go. Um, uh, where do we want to go next? Let's go to Joe Woods. I'll let you, I'll let you go to that. I'll let you read that one. Joe Woods gets a B. Now, he started off with an F. <laughs> a solid F. Um, and we were probably being a little bit unfair at the time, but the defense was awful. But he had a lot of new pieces. They had to figure something. And they were saying that. The players were saying that, like, hey, we got to learn each other. We got to learn how to gel. But they were so bad and blowing games that we didn't want to hear that at first. But um, the defense ended up becoming the strongest unit of the team and actually the leaders of the team, man. Your, your most outspoken guys <clears throat> on the defensive side of the football, they seem to be more in tuned with the team, period. Um, they seem to be the more intense side of the ball and the more cohesive unit out of any of the units on the team. So as far as, like, we actually saw growth, um, we saw them like just pretty much shut down some of the most powerful offenses um, in the league late in the season. Um, and we thought that, you know, there's no way that they're going to be able to, to do the things that they did and they did. So I give Joe Woods a solid B. Man, it's so crazy. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. Uh, I got him down at 4B, but I don't think that the people understand how far from an F he came from. Like, I ain't talking mm -hmm. about like a 50% F. I didn't have him at a 50% F. I had him like at a zero <laughs> F. I was, I, I right. was, let's be honest, dog. How many times did I fire, did I fire this dude? I said I ain't well, called for him, but I definitely called for Joe Woods. Uh, yeah, sure did. Uh, all season long, I was calling for it. Up until about maybe maybe week ten ish, uh, you know, we saw certain games and we saw certain flashes throughout the season. We just didn't see enough consistency 
But ultimately, you started to get the consistency. You started to see teams only scoring uh, 16 points. Teams, excuse me, only scoring, you know, 12 points. Or teams might have got 21 points in the first half, but they only scored three in the second half. So you started Mm -hmm. to see the team start to get it. You started to see solid tackling. You started to see them seeing a play happen before it happened. and Guys were, you know, on top of the play. So to see that and to see them be a kind of an attacking defense and to see what we weren't seeing early in the season from the D-line and what we ended up seeing out of the D-line. I, like, I, I've just been – I was super impressed. They dealt with a lot of uh, in and out with between COVID and regular injuries. And it, it almost didn't matter who was playing safety. It almost didn't matter who was in at linebacker. You still tended to see some level of a result. And we started, you know, getting turnovers and, and things of that nature. So this dude worked his way from, from like a negative situation in, in my mind all the way up to a solid beat, like a, a legitimate solid uh, beat. Um, next is <laughs> special teams. F, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, anybody who watched this team on special teams, there's <laughs> no way on the planet Earth that we can have this team more than an F on special teams. They stink. They, uh, and, they, and this isn't like a one-year thing. This has been ongoing for probably about four years now where we haven't had a good kicker or a, a dependable kicker, should I say. And where we thought we had a decent punter, we don't. I, I kind of like the, what's the kid? Uh, you know, kid what's this guy named? Oh, uh, 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 Dustin. This is Dustin, right, that we have. Oh, quick, yeah. His name is Dustin, though, right? Because there's yeah. another quick that we have for a number of years, and he left. Uh, I forget his name. Right. But this is his brother, and he was actually pretty solid. I think we could probably bring him back. Uh, but he's the only thing that saved us from having the F minus. The rest of the, that damn thing from the potential blocking kicks or or the coverage team and uh, also uh, the damn kick returners, all state. They all state. All state. Yeah, I'm giving them an F too, all for the reasons that you gave. Um, I don't think we got any punt return yards this year. I don't remember us getting any positive yards on the punt return. Pretty much, uh, all I know is that the most positive yards we got was when we fair caught the ball. <laughs> right. Um, all I know is whoever the punt returner was at the time always on the verge of fumbling or just doing too much, trying to grab the ball when you're supposed to let it go. Just stupid stuff, man. Like I had no faith in our special teams at all, which used to be the strongest part of the team. Um, during our very very lean year, special teams was the one that was seem to hold the team together, you know, in some form or fashion. Now they've completely fallen off the rails. So if he, so if Kevin Despansky does decide to make any changes on the coaching staff this year, um, special teams should be first on the list. I don't even know who the special teams coach is, where he is. I think that's the dude who comes in to be the coach when Stepanski is out. Yeah, yeah. Pre, wasn't that Prefer or whatever? Yeah, but he stinks. Yeah. That's his boy. He stinks. I guess. A, he stinks as a as a special team coach. He stinks. 
I don't know what he's doing. And again, I know some of that is it does end up being like execution. But you can't we didn't we weren't that good last year. So you can't no you know, uh just be not good. You've been not good for a while, man. I think it's a habit. I think it's a pattern and I think it's on, on the coach. Listen, Andrew Berry, invest in the kicking game. It's important. Please, you can man. see it in your own division. Baltimore has a kicker. All they have to do is get to the 50 and then field the low range. If they get to the, 30, uh, 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 to the 35, everybody afraid. They're like, man, you're only 15 yards out of this dude's range. <laughs> 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 like, he's gonna, he can kick a field goal probably from the 45, from another 45 almost. Exactly. Like, that's, you know, that's important. you got to have a guy. Oh, and by the way, the division was won this year on our kick. So you need a kicker. You've got to have somebody that's a dependable. A guy, uh, what's my man named down in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh? Another dependable kicker. you got to have these guys. You, you can't just say, oh, well, we'll just bring in. Who do you think, Coach? Man, again, there needs to be some tough conversations in that building. Here are your guys, coach. We're sick of them bumps you keep bringing in. These half half leg dudes you keep bringing in. Right. You, know, you brought in a dude whose last name was Blewett, and you brought in a, dude, a kicker. You, you brought in a kicker named Blewett. Man, if you don't get this dude off the team, get a kicker. Exactly. Them jokes don't, them jokes write themselves as soon as he misses you already know what's gonna happen and then you had the other dude uh nagar <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> I said man <laughs> and then he had the audacity to miss his first kick so you already know people was going down that day it was the one in and all the groups i was in but special team stinks and we gotta we gotta do a huge improvement of being 10 uh to go deep in the playoffs and, and, we, and to win that damn division. We ain't even talking about winning the Super Bowl. We got to talk about within that division. How many games might we have won that we could made all our field goals? Right. You know, so that shit matters. All right, let's move on. The offense in general, just the offense overall. Uh, D. Just because they just from like week six or seven on just couldn't score. Um, you know, we just didn't get, get good quarterback play, didn't get good receiver play. Running game is a running game, that's fine. But overall, there were just inconsistencies there, there was no cohesion. Um, no fluidity, no flow at all. It was like watching, it's like pulling teeth, you know. It got hard to watch at times, man. And um, <laughs> if you just could have averaged 20 points a game, you know, we'd be in a different situation, but they couldn't even do that. Yeah. You know, I think we had, I forgot, don't don't give me the line about as far as what the exact stats were, but I know it was a period of time when we went several games where we didn't even average 20 points. Oh, no. no. And in today's NFL, you can't win consistently like that at all. So that's really where where I am um, with the offense. And the bad part about that last statement you just made is 
we had a defense that was holding teams under 20 points a game. <clears throat> right. And offense couldn't score over 20 points a game. So, like, we were in winnable games because the defense was playing as well as they were playing, and the offense couldn't figure out a way to, you know, muster up, like you say, three more points. Uh, you, you know, you don't always have to score a touchdown. You can score three points, go back down, score three points again. That's six points. That's a touchdown. So there's ways to do it, but we couldn't figure out a way. So kind of piggybacking on what Sean said, the running game to me and the offensive line, those are both A's. Uh, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. I don't think anything else needs to be said. This dude rushed for 1,300 yards, fourth best uh, rushing yards in the NFL. He's in the top four for, what is it, third year in a row, I think? Yeah. Um, I think he led the league again in yards per carry, or at least we're close to it. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, so, so, again, you're talking about a guy that, you know, kills it, but he doesn't get the ball that much. That's the crazy part. That that defies logic as far as I'm concerned. That's something that I'm sure over the last uh, – we've, we've, we've done this show for about two and a half years now. I've said it probably every show for the last two and a half years for Nick Chubb to run the ball. He's awesome. He's one of the best backs in the league. He's a, a all-pro, all-you know, pro bowler. All of the things that you want to say, this dude is it. Uh, he presents you and provides you with so much leverage and so, so much of a disadvantage. Um, you see teams now just like putting eight in the box, nine in the box. Right. Like they just got it. They got it. They feel like, hey, man, if we stop this dude, it fixes everything. So um, Nick Chubb is, is a monster. That offensive line really is a monster. And I shout out to Bill Callahan. I didn't give him a grade, but I, if I did, I'd probably give him an A because he had to do some patchwork uh, with the offensive line. And we didn't lose any ground in terms of uh, the running game. We were number three in the league and running all year long. Um, we did give up a lot of sacks, but some of that is on the quarterback. Some of that's on the quarterback holding the ball too long. Uh, yeah, some of that, I'd say probably half of his sacks are him just holding on to the ball too long. Right, and then plus you, you, you didn't have your starting tackle for a good yeah, he did have some games that it was it was just bad offensive line play. Uh, in some cases, like the Pittsburgh game, the second Pittsburgh game, that was just, I mean, this dude was just beating that kid up and he wasn't getting any chips, any help or anything over there. So it was all bad. But the majority of his other sacks kind of came because he held the ball too long. Um, so the O-line to me got an A. The running game got an A. Uh, I if I had to give a passing game, the overall defense. The overall defense I'm giving, I'm excuse me, the overall offense I'm giving a D. And that's with two A's. And that's because I gave Baker a D minus and I gave the wire the the receiving core an F. Um, you know, you gotta. I know it's not their job to get them the ball, but man, you gotta when you get the ball, you gotta catch it. Gotta catch it. There it was too many, too many big drops, man. Too many drops on fourth down. Too, too many, many drops on, on, on third down that killed drives. Um nobody touchdown. made big plays like like nobody really 
you watching other teams, <clears throat> receivers going up making incredible plays when they had to. You got none of that this year at all. No. Um, and that's what you have to do sometimes. Sometimes somebody just got to, you know, just make a play when needed. Or you'll get somebody who gets a play, and then that same person will drop it on the next play or the next opportunity that they got. Like DPJ, right. DPJ had too many drops. But then he also had these awesome catches that you were like, whoa, how you catch that? Or, you know, yeah. how do you make that play? So it's it's too much inconsistency offensively in terms of the receiving core, too much inconsistency from Baker Mayfield uh, from the quarterback standpoint. I understand uh, he was injured, but uh, I'm going to remind you all of this again. I come from the land of no excuses. Every game, I was reminded how great Baker Mayfield felt only to go in the game and play like crap. And then he tells me after the game how banged up he is. I didn't hear him say how banged up he was after the uh, Cincinnati game when he played well or when right. we won the league. I didn't hear him say nothing when he won those other games that he won. I didn't hear a word about him being hurt. So I don't want to hear that he was hurt when he loses. That's bull crap. And I'm not going to deviate from that stance. Everybody's hurt. But if you're going out there hurt and you know you're hurt and you need to be sitting your ass down, then just go sit your ass down. But you didn't, and I can only grade you on what you gave me on the field. And that's a D minus. The only reason I didn't give you an F is because I actually know you were injured. Same here. That's the only reason I didn't give him an F. Same here, so man. So anybody saying that I'm hard on Baker, I'm not. I want more out of my quarterback. You got to be better. And if you jeopardizing games, I should have gave you an F. But I didn't because I know he was beat up. But I'm not giving him no passing grade. You got a D minus. To me, you stink. And you stunk up the place with your arrogance. To me, that's arrogance. Not necessarily what Kevin Stefanski did. I think Kevin Stefanski is just stubborn. Right. <laughs> but I think Baker Mayfield is arrogant. He believes that I, oh, I'm the guy and, and I got to go and show up. I got to show him how tough. Again, you don't get points for tough, homie. Sometimes tough is saying, man, I can't play and I'm just going to stand over here and watch my team win. But he's in a contract here, so he didn't want to see his team win. And he's on the sideline. Makes him expendable. Yeah, he probably, he probably miscalculated too because probably if you go and have the surgery, and sit out, and then Case Keenum makes us go six and eleven. Then the front office looks at it all. It's like, oh damn, we really do need him. Yeah, stuck. Now you yeah, stuck. They made it went ahead and gave him a contract at the end of the season. You know, but that is all about the optics, man. So leverage, it's leverage, yeah. and I don't think leverage. he played his leverage right. I think he he tried to prove himself. He bet on himself. It's some, you know, it's a gamble. It don't mean that Baker is awful. It, he just gambled and lost this season because, again, he could come back next season and throw for four thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, and play well. We don't know, so I'm not gonna say he ain't gonna do it. Um, what I will say is I don't anticipate that that's what he's gonna do. But I'm here for it. <laughs> As a Browns fan, I'm here for it. Go ahead, dog. Go out there and get four thousand yards if you're gonna do it with your bad ass. Go ahead. 
Um, exactly. So, um, what do you give the defense overall? Now, defensively, uh, I have to give them the same grade I gave Joe Woods to be, man. Uh, I think, again, the beginning of the season, these guys were at a zero. Uh, a shit ton of blown coverages on guys like Tariq Hill. Yeah. I mean, you you just flat out lost this guy. How you just lose this guy? Uh, you know, and, and honestly, to lose a game by seven points or to lose a game by six points or four points and you gave up that touchdown, you can see where we lost the game at. I know that that wasn't where we lost the game at, but those points counted. And yeah, really, you know what I mean. I, so, I, I and just I give them exact great. I give them a B as well. I just, but they did come back. They did play well. Um, Miles Garrett is a freak of nature. Um, Jadavian Clowney, as you pointed out, uh, I was just hoping he could stay healthy. I thought he could be viable. It, it was funny. Remember what we said at the beginning of the season? We said if Clowney got his eight or nine sacks, that that would be a successful season for him. And worked it, and he got, he got nine. nine. He got his yeah. nine. And that's, is that the most? I think the most he had was eight or seven in, in Houston. His career, something like, it wasn't a lot. It may yeah, it was a lot. It's, it's not a lot. Like yeah. And he started getting better and better. Like, he was a problem at a certain point in the season. Right. He became a problem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was in the backfield. No, he might not have got the sack, but, man, he was in the backfield. And, man, he blew that run play up. And, and, and stressed it out or whatever. Like, you started to see him beginning to make the plays that you wanted to see him make. Um, you know, I get, I got to give some shout-outs to a couple of defenders. Uh, Greg Newsom is one of them. I think he needs to be the first one as a rookie. Uh, I, my, my hope is that he can only get better. But that dude is to, – to suggest that he can only get better is crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great, great rookie campaign. That boy good. Uh, Denzel, I hope Denzel gets uh, that bag and he comes back because Denzel is definitely what we consider in these in this era of football shutdown guy. Um, John Johnson, i like to see that guy back there. I hope we bring back Anthony Walker. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Um, but we do need a middle linebacker going forward if we don't. But the, but the defense up oh, and one of my bigger stars this is one I'll probably hang on my wall somewhere. When I get into a real spot where I can have my man cave like I want to have it, I'm going to put a picture of me saying we need to get uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora uh, way before he was the hot name. Right, you did. And and once we got him and he became what he has become, the dude is, is incredible. He's everything I thought he could be. He's everything I said we've never had. And I can't imagine what this dude is going to do once the game kind of slows down and he becomes right. a cerebral player as much as he is a physical player. It's going to be it's going to be ugly for, for cats. Not for us, though. It's going to be ugly for other cats. So that's it, man. Um, I think, you know, if, if, if we if we were to tally all of our grades that we just gave, the team overall, it probably would end up with like a D. Uh, yeah. A, a low C. A low C. Minus. Yeah. Yeah, a low C, high D, you know. Give them a um, 70. A 70. <laughs> just because just I like them. Because if I didn't like right. them, I would give them a 65. <laughs> but 
they got a lot of work in front of them. Uh, to be completely honest, I'm going to say something like just kind of out of left field. I said something out of left field last season. I'm going to say something out of field left, uh, this season. Last year, I said the Browns could have gone to the Super Bowl. We beat the Chiefs. I thought we could have taken out Buffalo and snuck our way into the Super Bowl. That was kind of my left field statement. This year, I'm going to say this. The Cleveland Browns are not that far away from being a Super Bowl team. We are not. The way this defense finished up the year, the way that they – because you, you need a team that can just keep uh, a, a team from scoring a whole bunch of points, and you need a team that can make stops. We proved that over the course of games while still competing for a playoff spot. The defense did their end of this bargain. We already have the run game capable of pummeling a team and keeping a team at bay if we need to. We're only one segment of our whole uh, uh, progression away from being a Super Bowl team. That's those receivers and the quarterback. We got to figure it out. I agree. Like, like for once, it's not, even though it was a bad season, it's not a total doom and gloom way to do a complete rebuild. Correct. We just got to patch up some stuff. So I agree. It's not, it's not that far off. Matter of fact, we played horrible this year and still came close to winning the division. Playing bad football. So it's going to be different next year, though. I think, you know, once you get a healthy uh, Lamar Jackson back, once you get, um, I think next year the Steelers are going to be a little bit better. I don't know what their quarterback plays. Uh, but they're going to have to. The Steelers depends on who they get to play quarterback or determine a lot. Here's the thing with them, because they don't have a problem. The Steelers are a lot like the Patriots. They don't, they don't have a problem being just a straight run team, running 40 times, and it might be boring football, but they're going to keep themselves in the game. Yeah. So with, with a guy like Najee Harris, Najee is a lot like Nick Chubb. This is why I want Nick Chubb to get the ball a little bit more, especially late in games, because – when you see Nick Chubb come through, dance his ass through that hole, you know what you don't want to do in the fourth quarter? You don't want to tackle that dude. You know why? Yeah. Especially when he's on his 20, let's say 22nd carry. He's a back like the old school backs. He gets better as the game goes on. He gets better. He gets in a rhythm. He starts to, Stover, uh, my boy, he said the other day, he said when, when we were playing them in the game, he says when he got the 30-yard run early in the game, he said, well, we got that out the way. He's got one of those in him every game. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that was it. <laughs> right. So, you know what I mean? So to go away from that, to take that rhythm from him because I got a system, it's asinine to me. It blows my mind every time it happens. But we have all of the elements. When I was a general manager, I used to tell my staff this all the time. We can't control the things that go on outside of this building. We can only control what goes on inside of the building. So let's do our job the best so that whatever ain't happening, we'll all be able to see what ain't happening. It ain't us. So we got the run game. If we figure out what's happening at quarterback, I ain't necessarily saying that might need to be a new quarterback. What I'm saying is if our quarterback who we have 
starts to figure out what he's doing right, wrong, and indifferent and corrects it or makes it better, and the offensive line remains the offensive line, and the defense now that is our defense, we might have to plug in two or three other guys. It's all there. Then the the pointing or the you know the finger pointing will go somewhere else. Right. It won't be those particular now, things. Now I'm I'm gonna say this: like no more will I crown the Browns based on what they look like on paper. All that's over. They, they, they don't get the benefit. Yeah, they don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm not playing the schedule game anymore. So when the schedule comes out, I'm not gonna go. Hey, this is a win. This is a no. Not doing any of that now. You have to show me on the field. It's gotta um, be. You gotta show me on the field, because uh, I I can't I can't go through this again. Um, it was such a let man, like it was listen so disappointing, and it's my fault because I let them suck me in. You kind of <laughs> you kind of made peace with it early in the season. I kept holding on to the very very end until it was un- until they finally. You know, it's that scene in the movie where they're getting chased and somebody slides off a cliff and he grabs them and holds on to them. And you and know he's trying to, to hold on. And I, that, that was me holding on. And they just let me go. Listen. At the very, I tried. I held on for as long as I could. And I can't I can't do it anymore. Like, I, I have nothing left. I'm, I'm empty. I sound like one of them damn... Um, lifetime movies now, and when the woman and got cheated on so much, like, I have nothing left. He found out he had a family across town, right? <laughs> <laughs> I Man. am empty, I am numb, and so now, I mean, like, people were. I mean, when I gave up my season tickets after the 2019 season, I know people were like, hey, You, I know you're gonna regret it. Why you give them up? and blah blah blah. It's like it's time. Um, and then, you know, after the 2020 season, people were like, do you regret it? And I'm like, no. And this season is why I didn't regret it. Because if I'd have had season tickets and went down there every Sunday and they did this, you would see a whole different shot. Like, I'm calm right now. You would see a whole different. And this is, this, so. this is why, you know, I said to myself after my numerous Multiple meltdowns last year. I had multiple meltdowns last year. I went to the, I went to, last year I went to two games. I think I went to two games last year. I definitely know I went to the, to the Thursday night game um, that we lost against the Ravens. I was there when, when uh, Lamar Jackson turned in a uh, damn, uh, what's his oh, name, Willie Reed. Turned into Willis Reed and came back and won the game uh, for the Ravens. That was a Thursday night game. Okay. Um, it was. But where am I going with this? Oh, I agree with Sean. It's tough, and we talk about this often. It's tough to go to the stadium. It's tough to be in that stadium. It's tough to lose a game and come home after being in that stadium. It's so draining. The emotion of the entire day. You get up early, <clears throat> uh, just from a just from a regular physical standpoint. You get up early. Yeah. You're downtown. Uh, you're walking around. There's a lot of walking involved. Anybody who I'm sure everybody who goes to a football game, it's a lot of walking involved. It's a shit ton of walking. 
Um, a lot of drinking. A lot of drinking. It's not a whole bunch of eating. But it's a ton of drinking. Um, you get to the game. You get in your seats. It's a motion early. The Browns do a really good job. The Browns are some of the worst drama on the history of the planet because you kind of wish they just lose the game early so you can move in the, in the third quarter. But the Browns that we've had recently keep you engaged the majority of the game, only to let you down in the fourth quarter. So now you got to make this walk of shame. Um, from, Man, it's from a the long walk. Man, it's not only a long walk to you inside <laughs> the stadium trying to get out of there. If you parked a mile away from the building, it feels like you parked uh, 30 miles. miles away from the building. Yeah. Like, it's just that long of a walk going back. And like you say, it's not a, it's not an efficient building. So as you're walking out, you if you're upstairs, you got to go through these long tunnels, uh, winding from side to side. You, it's no like one straight down, you know, shot and everybody just goes down and gets out of the building. Nah. I got to stay in this dumbass building for the next 30 minutes just trying to get out. Yeah. You get and, out. and somehow I'll get home at like game probably over like 4, 4 15. Somehow I get home at like 5 30. I'm like, man, you know, which is pretty good time. It just feels like it feels like it's 10 hours. o'clock. Yeah. It, it just feels like, like it takes you hours to get home and, and you're tired. You know, and the next thing you know, you sleep for the rest of the night. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, there's it's, something about football games that are different than going to a baseball game or a basketball game. Totally, football different. games like all day, of it, and it is. I guess it, because of the emotion of it and everything else that's involved, it is. It's just a draining day, and depending on the time of year and what side of the stadium you're sitting on. Like when you're in there in September, there's a hot side and there's a cold side. It's like that movie, uh, uh the Chronicles of Riddick, where at that planet where. Mm-hmm. Half of it was yeah. cold. That, that's just how that stadium is. If you're in the wrong part of that stadium, yeah, and you're sitting in that heat under that sun, and that sun right in your that. face. If you're yeah. on the north, if you're on the north side of that stadium and you got that sun in your face all game, and it's like, you know, October, uh, no, like early uh, November ish, where you can get like a sixty or seventy degree day. And if it's gonna feel like it's about 170, yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna sit right on top of you. Um, on the flip side of that, in the wintertime, I don't care where you sit, it's cold in that building, it's cold, and that wind is very, very uh, uh non prejudiced, it's, it's slapping the shit out of everybody, yeah, it's slapping the shit out of everybody in the building, but that's. You know, one of the reasons, again, that we gave up our season tickets. I had season tickets for like four years straight from like 2013. Uh, no, I think it was like 2012 to 2016. Yeah. Is when we had them. And then, uh, you know, we had to make a decision. It was like, you know, you, you end up spending. I think when I did the math, I was spending probably about two to $300 every weekend. Yeah. Easy. easy. Like easy. And that was average. That wasn't that wasn't like my highs. That was just my average. About and, like, then, and, then, and, and, and as you get older, it's certain stuff that you don't want to deal with anymore. I, like like me right now, I'm I went to two games this year. I'm fine with going to two two or three games a year. That's fine. I'm at the point now. Yeah, I sound like an old man. 
uh, where I'm more comfortable. I can just sit at home, especially if they lose. Yeah, I'm already at home, and it it is what it is. You know, the, the losing part is is where I'm at. Like I I hate losing and then trying to figure out a way home. And the only reason I need to figure out a way home if I didn't drive, which I usually don't when I like recently. Um, now I got to locate people that I came with. They want to stay downtown because they're kind of partiers. I don't want to stay downtown. Yeah. I want to go, like, I'm the, I'm a sore kind of loser. I want to go home. So even I'm, if we win, I'm ready to go home. And even when I win, but I'll be honest, I got a little more pep when I win. Like, right. I know there's been times I've been walking home or walking towards where I parked at when we won, especially if it's nice out. And I've stopped in a bar. I've stopped in, like, three bars on the way home. Like, I'm going to stop in here and have a drink. You know, and not laughing, talking. I'm like, oh, man, let me get, make it to the house. Then I go and I say, oh, look, who's in here? And I go into that bar and I have another drink and I stand in there and talk for another. Because when you win, it's different. It's just like being cold in the building. Yeah. You weren't as cold when you win it. You're not as cold when you're winning. It's only when you lose that you realize I can't feel my toes. It's only when you lose. <laughs> yeah. My my toes have been frostbitten for the last three hours or whatever. But um, unfortunately, we have to do what we do every year and say maybe next year. Unfortunately, our Super Bowl comes uh, in April at the draft or whoever we may pick up in free agency. I don't expect us to pick up a whole bunch of people. I think we're at a point now where no. We're starting. We're starting to reach. We got a foundation set. So, yeah, like we're we're starting to reach that point where now it's all about depth. Something that I said we needed coming into the season. Uh, I thought we made a lot of cuts early in the season that I didn't like. Uh, the depth on the offensive line, depth on the defensive line, um, and it can kind of came back to bite us at certain points. I'm not gonna say that's why we ended up, you know where we ended up, I just think that we could have could have, you know, done better. So I think going forward, seeing that, knowing that we need to shore up the offensive line. Um, I think a right tackle is kind of a highlight. I don't know when Jack Conklin is going to be back. I know that he will, but I don't think it would be anything wrong with grabbing a right tackle like in the third or the fourth. You know, because this guy might need to start the season. <clears throat> Exactly. So and then, and, and, and we'll numbers. definitely have a uh, a draft preview show, and or when you know free agency show as well. Once that particular part of the season, off season starts, but I agree with you. Uh, we don't have a whole lot to do. Um, the draft, you know, we pretty much know we need to target in the draft, and the, the Browns have been smart about targeting what they need. So I have faith that they'll get a decent receiver. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a receiver deep to. draft. So they have to. So we should be able to get um, a solid playmaker in the draft. So other than that, man, um, it's almost uh, about that time. Like it's getting late. I got yeah, to I, I gotta get to bed, get ready to go we to work. In the morning, I think we so. covered everything we needed to, to we cover. Did. Um, it's a good show today, man. I mean, we covered a lot. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and pass this towards Sean. I'm going to help Baker uh, pour
pour some water on these flowers uh, and, and get ready for the to, to watch the playoff games on the big screen. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, close yes, this so out. You can uh, make sure that you follow us on YouTube at 2000 Mike 216. Um, also on Instagram at 2000 Mike 216. And your streaming platforms, um, 2000 Mike 216 on Google Podcasts, on Anchor, on Spotify, um, on Apple iTunes, and Apple Podcasts as well. So we will catch you guys next time. Um, go Cavs. We didn't really talk about the Cavs at all. They're playing good basketball. So we do have something to hang our hat on in the offseason. Go Cavs. Um, right. So um, looking for big things from them for the rest of the season. Other than that, man, I'm going to bid you good night. All right, y'all. Peace. Love you, bro. All right. Love you too, man.